welcome to Quarantine Spook Show. I'm Kyle Carezzi. The Yuletide season is still in full swing. Uh, this is going to be the last episode uh, recorded for the year of 2020. I've been listening to the band uh, Jim's Big Ego recently. And really getting back into the song, uh, The Ballad of Barry Allen. Uh, a song that I probably haven't heard in about ten years or so. It's about uh, the man Barry Allen, who's the alter ego of The Flash, the DC Comics superhero uh, who could run really fast. And the song's about his existential plight, about the special ability, and how I feel like he doesn't fit into the world anymore. And I've, you know, I've been listening to this song a lot, feeling fairly captivated by it, uh, even though a lot of commodified fantasy like that, you know, is pretty much just like the pentatonic scale in like music terms. But it's nice to see uh, someone take a frame like The Flash and then kind of fill it with their own ingenuity and their own sensibility and feelings about things. And I've also been thinking about how important that is to practice in life, you know, having a sense of wonder and curiosity, and not letting your heart get calloused over, uh, thinking you know everything or something. Maybe to a degree that's part of what I try to accomplish with this show, um... I don't know, these are just things I'm thinking about as the year draws to a close. Uh, I pretty much gave my spiel about 2020 in the last episode. But I can't think of any better way to start the new one uh, than to just plunge forever forward. So having said that, I'm going to be pulling, pulling horror stories titles from a hat. And then I'll be improvising those titles uh, into full-length stories. This is the 39th time I've done this uh, throughout the year. So I'm going to begin uh, in the hopes of many more. All right. This first story is called This Burning Sensation 2. A lot of domesticated animals don't like winter. Go figure.
an indescribable pain. It was a pain he could always uh, audibly hear as well. It often sound, sounded like the crackles of a fire. Or the sizzling sound of a wet log uh, burning. sensation. It was one that he's felt before, but he never thought it'd come back in the way it did. That's right. This burning sensation was the Christmas spirit, or rather, the Yuletide spirit. Sure, he grew up a Christian for the first uh, 12 years of his life. And he did celebrate Christmas every year. But when all those holidays were all bunched together, it really just freaked him out. It made him feel so good it hurt. Like an episode of Steven Universe or something. one other time, one other Yuletide season, but he dared not think about it. Instead, what he tried to do is to eliminate the sensation of this Yuletide burn. benevolent, uh, sending and mailing out Christmas presents. He definitely splurged a lot on things to ship, uh, not through Amazon, but he also made some homemade things as well. He put his blood, sweat, and tears into all these delightful holiday things. He baked some cookies and tiny little slices of cake. He gave them out to the neighborhood. The neighborhood wasn't as receptive as first, but then he was just like, I swear it doesn't have COVID on it, and they were just like, oh, okay, cool. in holidays he didn't even celebrate. His friend from college was Jewish and he was invited to participate in his Hanukkah ceremony on one of the days of the candle lighting. Same with a friend who celebrated Kwanzaa. He was also invited to celebrate Kwanzaa and learn about that facet of American culture. This 
burning sensation of the Yuletide spirit could not be quenched. The feeling acted on him to just give and be present and be full of mirth and cheer. But it was so demanding on his psyche. celebration was able to quench it in the way he needed, in a way that wasn't painful. He thought he could luck out and maybe the Yuletide spirit would fade out when January in 2021 rolled around. What if it never went away? full of mirth and good cheer all the time, or even became one of those people who would celebrate Christmas literally every day. Not that there's really uh, anything too concerning about that, but Christmas was a very exhausting holiday in a lot of ways, you know? It's once a year for a reason. sensation. So he consulted a psychic. Now everyone he knew said this uh, psychic was not legit, that uh, that she was bogus, but still he was just like, well, I still want to, I need help with this burning sensation for the Yuletide spirit, so I gotta go somewhere. psychic's house, uh, a little small home outside the city. There was plexiglass uh, in various places, complimentary hand sanitizer. So the psychic entered and she was just like, ah, you must be the client. And, I was, and the man said, yes. I've told you about my problem with their phone, with their phone and the psychic was just like, yeah, of course, come in. So we sat in her office, which was just a tiny circular table with a little crystal ball on it. And a nice little cloth with uh, astrological signs and moons and shit. said, so you're feeling the burning sensation of the Yuletide spirit. And he said, yes, it's a, yes, I, I am. And then the psychic said, uh, so this is a bad thing? And he was just like, yes, it's so painful. It hurts so much to be this benevolent, to be full of good mirth and cheer, and to celebrate all these holidays. I'd be down for it if it wasn't so painful. And then the psychic said, alright, well, I mean, maybe you don't have to, you know, celebrate as much, you know? 
take a little trip to the beach or something. Maybe spend this holiday get getting away from it all, you know? Plenty of people are doing that in this time of crisis, you know? It's a perfectly adequate way to celebrate the Yuletide. And it puts no pressure on you other than to just enjoy yourself. And then the man said, yes, but... You see, this has happened once before. And the psychic said, oh, it has. The man nodded solemnly and said, yes. I had felt this burning sensation four years ago. I'm always, you know, I'm no, I'm no Grinch. I'm no Scrooge. But I just got so into the spirit that it was painful. I didn't know what the pains were at first. But what ended up happening was, I would celebrate all these holidays. But I'd get too in people's faces about it. I would say Merry Christmas to people, thinking I was just saying Merry Christmas. But I'd be given this hardcore grin, scowling, saying it through my teeth, and very loudly. That's another thing about the Christmas spirit, is I was always speaking louder than I was trying to. And I was freaking a lot of people out. Like, Merry Christmas! And people would be like, whoa, shit. Easy. It's just Christmas is nice, but calm down. I would buy, I would, I would spend all my savings on all these presents on tools from the hardware store. Like hammers and uh, lawnmowers and stuff. And I'd wrap them and then I'd go around my neighborhood and throw them out of my car and I'd hit people with them. And that upset a lot of people. But the burning and sensation was too great that I had to celebrate Yuletide. See, that's the thing about this burning sensation. I feel the Yuletide spirit so much it hurts. Therefore, I celebrate it so much it hurts other people. lives in danger. I was ended, ended up being sent to the hospital. And then they strapped me down and kept me intact until January 2nd. By, when January 2nd rolled around, I was calm. I was relaxed. The Yuletide spirit has le had left me, and thought of peace once more. And since those years, I've been being very minimal about how I celebrate Christmas and the Yuletide uh, season. You know, just like little affairs, you know, no, no extravagant parties or anything, just like some gifts for my loved ones and maybe some cards and that'll just be the end of it. This year, I fear the burning sensation. I feel the burning sensation once more. And I don't know what I'm gonna do. 
I love fucking Christmas so much! The psychic nodded, hearing a story. She said, okay. Alright, well, I mean, I guess since, you know, when you were admitted to the hospital uh, last time you felt this, that seemed to work, so I'd say, you know, try that. And the man said, no, but you don't understand. It's a fucking pandemic right now. I'm not going to go to a hospital and risk catching COVID or anything. She said, that's right, so you wouldn't, wouldn't do that. And the man said, no, not willingly. So, Alright, so what did you what did you need my help for? And the man said, Well, this Yuletide spirit hurts so much that I need you to peer inside my mind and quench it somehow. And the psychic said, Okay. Well maybe I can try uh I don't know what your deal is with Christmas or the Yuletide or whatever, but maybe I can try to hypnotize you uh, to chill out about it. And then the man was just like, yeah, I could chill out. That sounds like a great idea. I'm really glad i paying top dollar for this hot take. And she was just like, well, let me just try it and then, you know, we can see how it goes. She said, all right, now stare into the crystal ball. And the mayor, man stared in. And she's just like, all right, now. Tell me what you see inside the crystal ball and all that. And the man said, well, I see snow. I see Christmas. I see Santa partying out. I see a lot of candles for the... Various Yuletide holidays that have candles. Oh, I love Christmas so much. All oh, the greenery, the snow, the feeling, you know. You know, there was a year when I didn't even celebrate Christmas at all. Didn't give anything, didn't receive anything. December 25th rolled around. All I had with me was the Christmas spirit. And that's all you needed for. I love that spirit so much. I'll do anything to keep that flame alive. It burns, doesn't it? And the man said, yes, it does very much. She said, okay. When I snap my fingers, the flame is going to go out. And he's just like, okay, I'm ready for it. And she's like, all right. She snaps her fingers. It's only the man is out of his trance. And the psychic asks, well, how do you feel? 
man said, I feel I'm not in pain. So I guess that's good. Relieved, actually. That this burning sensation is finally gone. Thank you. Thank you for helping me with this. The psychic nodded, and she was like, yeah, anytime. About a day passes. The psychic's feeling pretty good about, uh, her treatment of the man. Then she gets a phone call, and she's just like, hello? And she hears a very uh, shrill voice. She's like, hey, you're that, you're that psychic that saw my brother? And the psychic was just like, uh, your brother, uh, I don't know, who's your brother? Like, uh, you know, Dean, you know, talking about the Yuletide spirit or whatever. And then the psychic was like, oh, yes, of course, he was, he was in a lot of pain for the Yuletide, about the Yuletide spirit, so I hypnotized him and kind of, you know, helped him out to get rid of that pain. And then the sister, uh, Dean, was just like, yeah, well, he's missing. Psycho was like, what? The sister said, yeah, he's gone. No one's seen him. He said he was having a hard time during winter and didn't have any Yuletide spirit to celebrate. He was just like, oh, fuck winter. And he was really freaking out about it. And now he's gone. No one's seen him. I'm calling. Do you know where he is? What did you say to him? Psychic said, oh, I only tried to silence the, the pain in his heart. I didn't, and, you know, anything else was on his accord. And the sister said, so you don't know where he is? And the psychic said, no, I don't. The sister said, all right, well, good, good help you've been. And then she hung up. about it, thought about how her work uh, influenced Dean. She thought about it, and she was just like, well, I guess I can't help being gifted. This is that was an unexpected twist. They violated some HIPAA laws there. Yeah. So, personally, I want to know what happens to Dean. This is going to be a long-form story, apparently, because now I'm on the edge of my seat. Having said that, this next story is called, I Kissed a Goat and I Liked It. <laughs> so, let's find out how this story moves onward. <laughs> Alongside a highway, because the Yuletide spirit was silenced in his heart, 
loved Christmas and the holidays so much. But when he saw that psychic, who may or may not have been psychic, uh, knowing that his sister called, or that was a plot hole, I don't know. But ever since he visited that psychic, the old tide spirit left his heart. And during this winter, when it was a time of crisis, when he needed it the most, he felt em empty and in pain for living in such a treacherous, dangerous society. And not feeling a sense of meaning at all, he just wandered that edge of the highway, wearing an old dirty coat, his five o'clock shadow growing in. this painful emptiness that actually ended up being more painful than the spirit of Yuletide and Christmas. And as he walked alongside this highway, this large, uh, this large, uh, barn and cherry farm full of all these, uh, delicious cherry trees. He was getting hungry. He hasn't eaten all day. try to raid it for food, even though it was winter and the farm was dormant, but he still had to try to get some food somewhere. Instead of just like buying it somewhere, he was just like, no, I'm going to totally raid this farm. So as he wandered this farm, uh, seeing the beautiful cherry trees around, distance he saw the penned area with some animals in them. And those animals were goats. He saw these goats and thought they were the most majestic creatures around. It wasn't that the, he was feeling the Yuletide spirit return to him. But he felt a new feeling. The same level of transcendence and goodwill. Just like, wow, look at those fucking goats. Such beautiful, intelligent creatures. He wandered to the fence and he said, hello, goats. They all kind of just stared at him. There are five of them, and they're just like eating grass and stuff. Two of them braid. One of them 
started to walk toward the fence, but you know, like, oh yeah, who, who are you? And then Dean was just like, ah, oh, her. What must be like, what is it like to be a goat? Tell me, little goat, what is it like? The goat kind of just like stared at him and then just kind of looked away and then just wandered off to do other shit. As goats are wont to do. them in true admiration and then another guy uh, approached behind him he was just like uh yeah can i help you dean turned around looking nervous and he's just like oh sorry i was just uh going for a walk and i was just uh admiring your goats and he was just like all right that's cool uh, farms closed during the winter though said, yeah, I know, I was just, I was, I was just wa walking by, I was just cutting through, you know. But yeah, you have lovely goats. And then the farmer said, yeah, thanks. And then kept staring at him, nodding, expecting him to take his leave or something. And then Dean was just like, um, uh, can I, can I play your, can I play with your goats? Farmer was just like, nah, I don't, I don't think so, no. Dean was just like, well, I, it's just five minutes. Look, it's been a, it's been a rough Christmas, uh, rough Yuletide, uh, rough 2020, am I right? <laughs> so can I please play with your goats? The farmer was just like, no, I'm not letting you play with my goats. If you were, like, a neighbor or, like, went to my door and being like, Hey, can I see your goats? I'd be like, yeah, fuck it, sure. But you kind of just wandered in and expected to hang out with my goats. Not really into that concept. And then Dean was just like, uh, but... Please? And then the farmer was just like, just get out of here. Just... I'm gonna... I got a shotgun, I'm gonna use it if you don't leave. And then Dean started to walk away and wander off. The farmer started to watch him a little bit and started to head back to the barn. But then when the farmer was looking away and close to the, to the farmhouse, Dean kind of snuck back onto the barn and then hopped the fence and started to hang out with the goats. And it's just like, ah, what's up goats? And goats were just like, what the fuck are you doing here, man? You know? It's one thing if you know a goat and you're just like, oh, what's up, goats? And then the human goats are just like, oh, what's up, humans? It's another thing if you're just, like, meeting goats. You know, it's like, there's a cordiality to it that should be uh, adhered to uh, when it comes to human-goat etiquette that Dean was not demonstrating. The goats were kind of, like, uh, hesitant, just like... There's one goat that's just like, yeah, man, I'll hang out. And the other goats are just like, dude, you're crazy. And then they just kind of went and went off another shit, did other shit. So the one goat that was uh, hanging out with Dean was like being pet by him and was like nuzzling up to him. Often very friendly with people anyway. And Dean wasn't an exception. And Dean was just like, oh, you are. 
Such a beautiful goat. Never, never met any other domesticated animal quite like you. Then he heard a voice from behind him. Dude, I told you. Then Dean turned around and saw the farmer with a shotgun. And then he was just like, oh shit. And he started to run off and just like heard it cock. And then fire off. back down the highway and hid behind the trees until night fell. The last light on the farmhouse went out uh, at around 11.30 at night, and that's when Dean returned to the farm. where they all hung out, all five of them, had a bunch of half-composted hay to keep them warm, and Dean went in, and all the goats just like stared at him, uh, the ones that weren't too sleepy to be alarmed. Braid and just like, dude, what the fuck are you doing here? And the one goat that hung out with Dean was just like, oh, hey, man, how's it going? And then Dean was just like, uh, hi, goats. I just, uh, just came to hang out, you know, spread some, uh, mirth and cheer during this holiday season. It's worth noting that there's a lot of goat shit, uh, in this goat house. But he just kind of came in and then just, like, sat on the hay and started to nuzzle next, next to the goat that liked him. And another goat just kind of gored him just to get him to, like, scoot over. So Dean was very hunched uh, against the wall, hanging out with this one goat. And it's already, this uh, friendly goat is already getting a bit ambivalent. And then Dean was just like, you know, you are such a most beautiful goat that I've ever seen. Eventually, Dean got closer to the goat. The goat was looking away, and then Dean grabbed the goat by the chin. He's like, oh, you're so... Uh, goats, what a beautiful, beautiful creatures. for a kiss and then another goat brayed really loudly and then Dean said do you mind I'm, we're trying to have a moment here and then the goat he was uh, coming on to apparently got up and just like left the, left the little goat house and Dean was just like I can't catch a break all I want to do is just to show my love and affection and good cheer and mirth to goat house and follow the goat and Dean said uh, goat it's not like that please the goat was like braying, braying and just being like dude get the fuck out of here and then 
Dean was just like, no, don't be like that. Please, just... Let's just hang out, get to know each other. Eventually the goat uh, started to scream. I don't know if you've ever heard a goat scream, but goats scream loud. And that prompted the other goats to scream as well. Then the lights went on in the farmhouse. Quiet, quiet, you're gonna wake up the you're gonna wake up the dude, quiet. And then one of the goats scored Dean in the leg. Aiming for the groin, and then all the other goats were starting to gore him and uh, tackle him. Still aiming for the groin, and Dean was trying to protect protect his John Thomas, uh, until the farmer came out with a shotgun again. He's just like, oh dude. Farmer didn't even give a verbal warning, he just cocked the shotgun and then fired it at Dean and he started to run off again. Dean kept running and the farmer gave one more shot and uh, the pellets hit him in the back and then he started bleeding. It was enough for Dean to fall over. Just like stare, just like standing there, not chasing him. Because the farm, if the farmer did chase him, he might do something they both regret. So Dean got the message, and he just kept, kept running, still kind of limping again, still limping, and then went to the trees once more. trying to find himself Christmas wise <laughs> alright <laughs> there's a theme here for sure this next story is called bananas make the best friends having a rough yuletide season. It's been a day since uh, he came on to those goats. bathroom and took off his shirt and tried to, you know, tried to get the pellets off his shirt and jacket. There was a bunch of little holes in his clothes and he was still bleeding out of his back and tried to do what he could to just, uh, heal those wounds. So 
walked along that highway. Same outfit he was wearing when he uh, interacted with that psychic two days ago. Still had lacked the Yuletide spirit in his heart. He was learning about he was learning about himself existentially. How he needed a he needed a connection and affection and whatnot. But I guess he tended to go overboard at first with the Yuletide spirit. sidestepped that to goat lust. So during this Yuletide season, he was pondering himself and thinking, okay, I, as far as connection and stuff go, I, I go too overboard. I think maybe if I just take some time being alone, you know, contemplate some things, uh, maybe try meditating. some books about being clingy or clinging or clingy or something seeing some therapy I think maybe I can be well adjusted enough to have uh, to maybe salvage this Yuletide season and then really make up for it uh, next year these these uh these constructive thoughts were, were going through Dean's mind as he walked along that highway until he started to pass a fruit stand and saw this one banana. Now this banana was the most beautiful banana he's ever seen. <laughs> It just looked like the Andy Warhol banana, and he's just like, oh my god, this banana is speaking to me, saying, Dean, let's hang out and be best friends, and I'm gonna say, yes, okay, that sounds great. Grabbed it though. 
And then Dean was like, yeah, but you don't, you don't need that banana. You can get those other bananas, but I need that banana. Can you, can you please give it to me? And the guy was just like, no, I just fucking grabbed it and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it, you know? And Dean was just like, grabbed him and was just like, and grabbed him in a COVID environment, mind you. You know, it's just like, you don't understand. I need that banana. And the guy was just like, get, get away from me. And then he pushed him off and started to do more shopping, but Dean just, like, glared at him the whole time, watching him get all of his fruit, a couple of, couple of apples, and summer squash, and cucumbers, getting some stuff to prepare a nice, like, a uh, veggie dish for Christmas or something, and Dean was picking out his, uh, fruit stand grocery selections and judging him just being all like oh yeah you're gonna celebrate christmas with uh, that that cucumber really and okay man so dean stared at him and even stared at him bringing up guy leaned forward to the cashier and whispered something and then uh, gestured to Dean and then he walked out. So Dean was staring at the guy uh, walking out of the fruit stand. And the cashier was just like, hey, you need uh, help with anything? And then Dean was just like, um, um, no. Um, hey, where does, where does that guy live? And the cashier was just like, what? And Dean was just like, yeah, where's, where does that, um, where does, Where's his house? Apartment? Where can I where can I find him? And then guy was just and the cashier was just like, dude, I don't know. He comes in uh, every few weeks to get fruit and stuff. Uh, yeah, I got nothing to say about it. And then Dean was just like, I, I need to find him. I I need that banana. And then the cashier was just like, well we got got bananas over there we can you know we can get that and then Dean was like yeah but I need that banana though the cashier was uh, entering uh, getting uncomfortable she's like just well if you need bananas bananas over there don't have anything else to say about it and then Dean just kind of glared at him and was just like okay okay and then in a hasty movement runner for the Olympics or something. He went to the banana area of the fruit stand and just grabbed all the bananas he could in his armful and then ran out with them. And the cashier was just like, dude, what are you doing? Come on. And then Dean was running down that edge of a highway. With all those bananas, he dropped a couple of them. to the trees. As he was struggling this Yuletide season, the trees were becoming a friend of his. He was just like, yes, I am friends with the trees. So he went to his little spot. And as it started to get a little bit darker, by getting darker it was like 3.30 in the afternoon because, uh, hashtag, the 
solstice, whatever. Dark days and winter, etc. But it was getting darker, it was dusk. spot and was just like splaying out all the bananas. Some of them were in bunches, some of them were singles. He was just like, oh yes, me and my banana friends. And then Dean just said, oh, I know we all, I know we all go back a lot of ways, but I've gathered you all here today because I want to know other banana friend, your banana sibling, was purchased at the fruit stand. That banana is my soulmate, and we have to find that banana and find the person who bought him. And he could hear the bananas mutter. And they were just like, why not kill him? And then Dean was just like, kill, I don't want to kill anyone. comrades, man. You gotta, you know, you have to avenge us, our, uh, our banananess, you know? You gotta find this guy and take the banana back. Take the power back. And then Dean was just like, uh, I'm okay. I, you know, I was concerned about my, uh, my Yuletide problems earlier, but now I'm very concerned for my mental health. Mental health. And then the banana's just like, don't worry about it, man. Just... Just go get that banana. Go do it. Here, we'll come with you for moral support. And then Dean was just like, oh, you guys would really do that for me? And then the bananas were just, like, were just like, yeah, man, totally. So on that night, on December 23rd, uh, Dean had all those bananas bunched up in his arms. And as he kept walking, he found, like, a nice little, uh, little neighborhood not too far from his, uh, homely highway. Uh, 2020 was a year where everyone was really decked out about Christmas, really getting on top of it early, and really thriving with the Yuletide season. So Dean, holding all these bananas, uh, knocks on a random door. with their mask on and they're just like yeah and then Dean's just like uh is the, is the banana here and the, and the person was just like what and Dean was just like uh the bananas is the banana here and uh the person was just like uh we have some bananas I don't know if it's the banana they're looking for and then Dean was just like we need we need the banana so the person said, okay, hold on. So the person disappeared for a hot second and then returned and cautiously gave Dean a banana and was just like, uh, here you go, um, Merry Christmas. And then Dean was just like, yeah, okay. And then walked off with an extra banana. And he conversed with these bananas. He was like, no, this isn't the banana. And then the banana said, no, join our ranks. Try to repeat the process, knocking on some doors. 
some people didn't answer. Uh, some people uh, said we can't help you, but Merry Christmas. Uh, some people told him to fuck off. And some people gave him some bananas. about stuff and they were just like yeah soon we'll take over there's uh, bastard potatoes and all that and then Dean was just like guys I think I'm being you guys aren't using me are you and then the bananas were just like no why would you why would you think that and then Dean was just like I don't know I mean I'm trying to find that one banana and then but like then you guys are trying to start an army or something army is just incidental. We want to help you find that banana, you know? And Dean was just like, I don't, I think it's a, listen, we can just all hang out together, you know, maybe spend Christmas together or something. And as he was speaking, he saw the man that bought the banana just right across the street walking his dog. And Dean was just like, oh my god, it's him said that out loud, and the guy walking his dog uh, looked at Dean and recognized him as a banana guy, in part because he was holding a huge amount of bananas at that point, between his arms. And the guy just started to, like, uh, him and his dog just started to walk faster. started running and Dean started running and then the faster Dean ran the more bananas he dropped and the bananas started to fall behind him and he could hear the banana screams uh, the screams of abandonment as Dean ran forth to the one true banana that he needed his soulmate banana so the guy eventually ran to his house with his dog and then locked the door behind him to bang on the door. So it's like, hey, I need that banana. I need that banana. And the guy said from the house, like, dude, fuck off. We're going to knock you the fuck out. And Dean started to get manic. He tried to try the doors and the windows and whatnot. Eventually he got flustered and started to walk off. curbside he saw uh, a compost bin and he thought to himself no it couldn't be he opened it and it was none other than that one banana that he saw at the fruit stand the love at first sight banana but it wasn't the whole banana it was only the peel Devoured, and Dean couldn't even say goodbye. Dean didn't have anything to say when he saw it. He almost cried, but he didn't. He just slowly closed the compost bin and then just started to walk off. 
Alright. This next installment is called Lonely Distant Baby Souls. Oh my. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, right? This is like this is like the real Christmas episode. <laughs> going through some shit. He woke up on a park bench uh, to the dawn of December 24th, 2020. Thinking about the year in reflection. Thinking about the Yuletide season. thought about how the Yuletide season started, when he had a burning sensation of Yuletide glee, the second time he's had it in his life, but how it was becoming very painful and causing him to hurt the other people around him. So then when he saw that psychic to silence that spirit, some goats that he fell in love with. That didn't go well. He met a banana he fell in love with. That also didn't go well. So by, by the time December 24th came around, he felt empty. Lonely and distant. said and decided to swing on that a little bit. He did that because it made him feel young, made him feel free, but it still didn't quite uh, soothe the turmoils in his heart. He kept walking, unable to be satisfied with the seal tide season feel whole, to feel complete, to be full, full with the, uh, the good mirth and cheer that doesn't become disastrous for the people around him or himself. And on this walk, he felt some clarity like he did the day before. He's too, he's too acceptant of people and things and how life will go on as it will and it'll just, you might as well take it as it comes without getting too obsessive or anything like that. It was also dawning on him that he, uh, 
had some emotional and connectivity issues that he had to deal with. And he had these thoughts as he was entering a, a public cemetery. as regional names, common family names. He saw which families were paired together and which weren't. Saw the year of their birth and the year of their death. Wondering how they lived. As he walked, he was also getting perturbed by the amount of tombstones that had uh, 2020 as the year of death. He was also perturbed by the amount of tombstones that only uh, people that uh, whose date of birth and date of death were only one or two years. about the these babies and toddlers that didn't live long enough to experience adolescence or adulthood he thought about it just like oh these babies didn't even get to celebrate Christmas or anything Christmas toast. He would just be like, Merry Christmas, and then pour some wine on the grave. And have had like a little mini ceremony for every tombstone.
lot of these children were buried with their mothers or parents and whatnot. Dean had a dark thought of thinking, oh, this could have been a cheaper plot or something. But still, we had a ceremony with these... with these bodies, cremated or otherwise. sat on the park bench again. He was sipping his wine and the stranger passed and then said, oh, Merry Christmas. Dean just shook his bottle and then had a swig. back to the psychic and she was just like oh it's you you know your sister called she's uh, I think your family's looking for you and then Dean said I need a I need a favor from you and she was just like yeah sure what do you need Contact the dead. Uh, I just want to wish uh, some uh, dead baby, dead babies, a uh, Merry Christmas. That's all. And she was just like, "Oh, okay, shit." And he was just like, "Yeah, let's let's, uh, let's do it at the cemetery." And then uh, the psychic said, "Have you been drinking?" And then Dean was just like, um, "A little bit, but only uh, ceremonially." Um, yeah, let's just, let's, let's go, let's go, let's go hang out with some dead babies, let's go. And the psychic, the psychic was just like, well, if you want to pay me for, uh, like a sightseeing or something, I can do that, but I can only do that here with the crystal ball here, you know, I don't want to go with you to, like, a cemetery or something. And he was just like, no, no, it's, it's fine, it's, we'll just, we'll go to the cemetery it's cool we can bring the crystal ball here i'll go grab it and then she's like no it's cool i think you should uh call your sister uh your family uh, i think they're really worried about you and uh you know maybe there's still time to have a good christmas you know and then dean was just like uh christmas what's christmas ever done for me Yeah, I forgot you had like a that Yule Tide intensity problem. And the dean was just like, huh? Yeah, yeah. And then he didn't say anything for a while, and then he, then he just like wandered off. And then the psychic closed the door, uh, feeling more concerned that uh, Dean was a bit unhinged rather than drinking too much or whatever. She didn't try to diagnose him or anything. Now, her psychic's office was at her house, so she was just, you know... You now, at the time, she was just, like, hanging out, uh, lighting incense, reading. She was gonna rendezvous with her family at some point. 
later in the evening. But in the meantime, she was enjoying a night alone. And then she heard a voice outside her window. And the voice said, Alright, I did it! Psychic recognized the voice as Dean. She was like, oh, what now? She had her phone on her, ready to call someone if need be. And then she went and... Went outside and was just like, alright. And Dean said, alright, I did it. And then the psychic that said, well, did what? said, why, I brought everyone. And the psychic said, who brought who? And then he just was like, oh, I brought the babies. And then the psychic said, no, no, you, you didn't. And he was just like, yeah, check it out. The psychic looked out her window. And so all these little castics caskets lined up outside of her lawn out out on her lawn outside of her house and she was just like jesus fucking christ dude what did you do and then he was just like yeah, yeah i brought everyone you know we can have like a nice ceremony we can all you know you can contact them and they can bring their souls back and we can all hang out it'll be really cool and the cycle was just like dude you gotta put these back man i'm gonna fucking knock you the fuck out or call someone. Jesus Christ, it's Christmas. Why would you desecrate these graves on Christmas? And then Dean was just like, well, you know, it's just we're, you know, we're hanging out. And I, I was feeling lonely and I thought, hey, you know, anyone who's dead might be lonely too. So I thought we'd all hang out, you know, it's cool. It's a great way to spend the gold tide and Christmas or all that. It's like, Dean, it's not up to you. It's not like you don't get to decide like who has a good Christmas or who doesn't. And people don't get to celebrate Christmas on your terms. Just like fucking chill out and be good to people. There's really nothing about the holidays beyond that. And then Dean was just like, I, I, I just tried to do something good. That's all. I saw these... Uh, you know, these kids died super young. I wanted to do something for them, so I, I dug up their graves, you know. No big deal, but still, it's still cool. It's still cool. And the psychic was stepped out of her house, and she was like, you need to leave right now. And then Dean was just like, no, it's cool, it's fine. No, we can, we can all hang out. And the psychic was just like, I'm gonna fucking call someone to get you out of here. And then Dean was just like, no, no, okay, wait. Listen, I was having a, it's been a rough year. It's been a rough yuletide. Uh, I'm just trying to feel good. I know I messed up a lot, but let's just, you know, we can make this a special night. It's Christmas Eve. You know, just contact the dead and it'll be all good. The psychic said, I'm not doing that, you know. The wind started to pick up. I 
first it seemed like it was from the storm that uh hit the nation that week. The continent, rather. Then the wind started to get stronger. And it started to rain a little bit. Even getting heavier. And then the body started to smell, uh, extremely putrid. And she was like, that's it, I'm calling someone. And then he was like, no, don't. And then thunder and lightning started to crackle in the sky. The wind started to howl even louder, even more high-pitched. Felt like he could hear voices. It wasn't the voice that came from the, his burning sensation of the Yuletide season. It didn't come from any goat lust, and it didn't come from any uh, random bananas. No, they were the voices of children. that were underdeveloped. Some of them were screams, but they were all fairly angry, all projecting that anger at Dean. And then Dean was just like, oh, well, what's going on? And he could feel a bunch of hands, uh, some small, some large. to grab him and tug at him. And Dean, Dean was just like, well, what is this? They were the souls of the children of the graves he desecrated. As the hands varied in size, since there's no specific hand size for souls. They were all tugging at him in different directions. and try to shake himself loose. He was just like, I just wanted to, I was just trying to, you know, share Yuletide with people. The hands tugged harder and harder. They started to tear at his clothes, tear at his flesh. Then he started to scream, feeling his body come apart. last moments of life, life as he was being torn to pieces, he just thought to himself, oh, this is kind of how I feel on the inside, and then he was ripped to shreds, all on the psychic's front lawn. space, witnessing the sight that she beheld. She called a team to clean up the desecrated graves and put them back in their rightful spots. And then someone to clean up uh, Dean's carcass, which 
more likely than not, no one wanted to spend their holiday doing. The psychic didn't really know what to think about it. Didn't know the guy, Dean, really well at all. scheduled her Christmas Eve plans uh, for tomorrow on Christmas Day and after everything was cleaned up she just went back in her house and started to light some more incense and then watch the smoke rise in front of the window and then in front of the moon that was seen through the window and in the sky Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it's like a two, it's like a, a two part holiday special, as I like to call oh, it. It's a Christmas gift that keeps on Christmas giving. Yeah, yeah. If there's any moral to that story, it's just to not be creepy about Christmas or Yuletide. Can't really get much simpler than that. It's McCourtine Spook Show. I'm Kyle Carezzi. Everyone have super splendid holidays or whatnot, etc. All that jazz. Good night. form story too because that was really refreshing also ah now let's get lit